Hello everyone, welcome back to the Galaxy's Greatest Podcast about the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus Deep Space 9. But today we're talking about uh, Lower Decks, specifically uh, Season 2, Episode 5, Embarrassment of Dopplers. Is it Dopplers or Duplers? Oh, Duplers, you're right. Duplers. It's Duplers, Bob, come on. Duplication. I just assumed it was another typo, Matt, after Distance Star. Duplers. Duplication. Du- duplers. You're right. I'm wrong. You're clearly the better person. So uh, the person making the awful, awful mistake is uh, Bob from Cascadia. The person making the very, very apt and important correction is Matt from the Southland. Yep, we've got a really good episode here of uh, Lower Decks. I kind of got excited thinking it, it seemed like it was breaching on like season finale territory at the end. <laughs> you, you thought your uh, long national nightmare was finally drawing to a close, man. Yep. You thought you you, you could uh, stop uh, recapping Lower Decks with me and uh, you know move on to like recapping DS9 comics or something. Oh yeah, look at those DS9 comics. I, I hear they're hidden gems, bro. Hidden gems. Fantastic artwork. <laughs> so hit us with a plot, Bob. All right. So in the A plot, we have uh, Becky Mariner and Boimler trying to crash the most elite Starfleet party, the command conference after party, but they first go on a TNG movie-style dune buggy chase from Crooked Security at Starbase 25, which I must say looks like Starbase Vanguard, the station from my favorite Star Trek novel series. It really did look like Vanguard. When I saw it, it didn't click with me at first, but yeah. It's wild. It's wild. You want to hit hit the viewers with the, or rather the listeners, with the B and the C plots, Matt? Sure. B plot, we've got Tindy and Rutherford work on their model Cerritos, while Rutherford wrestles with feelings of inadequacy from pre-amnesic self. Rutherford having some uh, issues there. Yep, yep. And uh, then in the C-plot, we've got uh, Captain Freeman and her senior staff dealing with the Duplers, a race that seems like an unholy union of X- the X-Men's Jamie Madrox and Family Guy's Peter Griffin. Yes, Peter Griffin. Griffin. I, I am trying to forget Family Guy, but this guy's voice brought it all back. Griffin. One thing that threw me off about this episode, there was no teaser scene before the opening credits. Did you, did you catch that? I noted it at the time, but I didn't remember it as significant. Yeah, I thought I missed something or that I had already like accidentally watched like the, the intro or something. I, I, it, it messed me up. You thought the amazing Paramount Plus interface failed you? Yes, I did. I really did think it. <laughs> I thought something had happened. <laughs> I, was like, I need to have my random ass scene at the beginning. As I was telling a friend last night, um, I used to complain about CBS All Access stroke Paramount Plus. But having watched uh, a bunch of stuff on uh, Peacock, I will never complain about Paramount Plus's interface again. Oh yeah, Peacock has a horrible interface. And HBO Max constantly has to like buffer. Does yours do that? It's gotten a lot better, but yeah, HBO Max is rough on that in that regard. When it first started, it was really glitchy. It seems like they've ironed a lot of it out, though. So, favorite character in this episode, Bob, who you got? Dr. Tayana, Matt, now and forever. She didn't play much of a part in this episode other than, like, cursing in cat language or whatever. I enjoyed that. I would say Becky Mariner, that somebody calling her that is just deeply hilarious to me. But she did spend a good part of the episode bonding with Boimler, who I still actually hate, although he still does occasionally amuse me. So I, I, I couldn't in good conscience pick, uh, pick Mariner for this episode. Mariner was my favorite this episode. She had the best one-liners. Just good stuff all around. I mean... It was either her or uh, Ransom for his, like, the fork thing he did at the very beginning of the episode. Wait, what was the fork thing again? They, they were walking on eggshells around the uh, the Dupler ambassador. Oh, and he throws his fork over his shoulder. 
That was yeah. that was a quick save. Good job. <laughs> I'd I'd forgotten that. Man. Good memory. Good memory. Good job, Ransom. Oh man, Ransom is very funny. They don't use him that much, but it, when they use him, it's very funny. I still think about him saying "so yoked" from the season two premiere. <laughs> that cracks me up. Is that something like? Do people actually say that to mean like "so ripped," or is that just like a weird Ransom thing? What's the word? So what? I I heard it as yoked, like. Y-O-L-K-E-D was how I heard it. That may not actually be what he said. It's yoked. Y-O-K-E-D. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it yoked means like a to, horse. Yeah, to be well built. Having a yoked high like level a of muscle definition. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I was thinking about eggs when he said it. Maybe maybe I have an egg fetish. <laughs> yeah, we'll add that to your cat fetish. And apparently you also have some kind of random like ear mask fetish <laughs> look look matt it's it's two years into lockdowns and mask mandates and uh the tyrant jay Inslee's uh seattle you you get off where you can man. <laughs> well what was your favorite joke in this one bob oh man what was my favorite joke in this one matt um i just calling mariner becky mariner is my favorite especially given the cultural associations we attach to the name becky Mine was the high-speed chase after discovering the box of a data bubble bath was actually filled with Klingon disruptors. And it kind of gave me, like, shades of uh, Blues Brothers when they are driving through the shopping mall. <laughs> oh, nice. I, d- I didn't think about that. But, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good point. That's a good point. Did you know there was another 1978 movie that had a great car chase in, uh, sh- in Chicago? What was up? Uh, it's called The Fury. It's a, a Brian De Palma movie. It's his follow-up to Carrie. And it's about, this time it's about a girl and a guy with psychic powers. And Kirk Douglas is the father of the guy. And he's uh, going on this uh, car chase trying to get away from the secret government agency in Chicago in 78. It's good. Oh, we'll have to watch that. Yeah, I had to I had to rent it off Prime because it's, I think you can only get it off like Showtime or Cinemax or something like that. But I really enjoyed it. You do know, uh, this is just kind of off, this, this might be good for listeners to know though, if there's anything you ever want to watch, if you go to Internet Movie Database and type in the movie, it'll tell you where it's actually streaming. Oh, nice. I, I'd forgotten that IMDb does that. I normally, um, I normally just Google where is movie year streaming, yeah. and there's a couple of other sites that'll tell you too, but I, I'd, forgot, I'd forgot you can do that off IMDb. What was your favorite line in this, in this episode? Your pa is weak, and it disgusts me, Matt. <laughs> mine was like the long speech from uh captain freeman that's like she's standing outside wanting to get to the party and she goes our ship might not be the biggest and we might do the missions nobody else wants but we are still starfleet my crew deals with just as much shit as Picards or any other and we might be california class but we are the best at what we do i'm captain carol freeman this is my crew and you are letting us in that party and the scene immediately cuts them like sitting on a stoop, not getting into the party. <laughs> <laughs> just, just brilliant. Nice, yeah. nice. Then, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. And then the, were we supposed to get like any specific bar vibes off that bar they all wound up in at the end? I, I didn't. I don't know what that was. This one wasn't like this one had a lot of tr- like had Trek references throughout, like especially in the base mall part, and then the uh, actual people at the party or whatever. Like you had some references yeah, there, but yeah. there weren't as many as in this episode. There weren't as many like little Easter egg type things. I felt uh, in that bar oh. thing, I didn't get anything from. Oh no, there were a ton, man. Like this, I think this may may have had the most references of any episode we've seen. Where? I mean, I, I saw Shelby at the party. 
And then that was my Trek reference. Like Shelby at the party and then the guy in Pike's black rolling chair thing like towards the end of the chase. I saw that. Do you remember who the DJ at the party was? Was it the dude who had that thing like he was holding up a like a boombox thing? Yeah, they call him uh, Captain Okana, and he's there's a early TNG episode called The Outrageous Okona, where he's like Okana, I can't remember how it's said, but he's like a sort of you know kind of rascally like freighter captain. Oh, and then in the bar they have hanging from the ceiling uh, the Doomsday uh, machine from that original series episode. Oh, I didn't catch then, that. There were some other references in the um, bar that I, I, I didn't catch, partly because they were like so far in the background, but I, I think there were a lot of other references in that bar. And then you already mentioned like the data shampoo and the Klingon weapons, and then the whole like uh, next, you know, I mentioned that sort of next generation movie vibe because Patrick Stewart just got really into dune buggies right. during the next generation movies. And then there's a ton of cameos from the animated series like we see the red cat kazenti on the on the cerritos again um when they're going through the park the bird people you see those are the aurelians who are a species in the animated series the cat that caterpillar character you see who is like the bouncer and then who there are others who are the waiters at the party those are called the nast they're a they're a species in the animated series there's a, I think there's a, an aquatic species from the animated series that's in the park too. There's a, there's a ton of references. Yeah, they also have the reference at the very end too. I forgot about the one about Deep Space Nine with the model, and uh, oh yeah, it comes yeah. with Jadzia and Ezri. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, no, they, I, I felt like this one was like really stacked with background gags. I guess because of the party and the, you know, driving around the starbase kind of gave them the chance to do a lot of it. I think a lot of them just went over my head because I haven't seen any of the animated series. So that's probably why I'm just kind of missing that piece. Do drugs and watch the animated series, man. No, Bob, I'm not going to do drugs and I'm not going to watch the animated series. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's just, that's pathetic on two levels. Oh (laughs) yeah. But at the end, like where they have, uh, where Boimler and Mariner are at the bar and they see that Kirk and Spock sign or like carve their names into the table. Like, what? Did you get like season finale vibes from it or some weird stuff like that? Yeah. No, like the crew bonding together very much felt like a season finale. Although didn't you also kind of get the feeling that maybe, uh, maybe like the bartender just carved that in there for like impressionable young Starfleet people to freak out about. Yeah, I think so. It was kind of like weird. Uh, I don't think Kirk and Spock would actually do that. That'd be like you and I doing that at a bar. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Although it's it's not going to happen. I think, Apparently, Starbase Twenty Five. I mean, given its low number, you know, you can assume it's a, it's an old starbase, and right. that it is apparently mentioned in a couple of original series and animated series episodes. Oh, another another reference was when they were going through the the Bully and Barber Shop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a Quarks on Starbase Twenty Five. I think. Yeah, yeah, Quarks is showing up in like in every episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of disappointed. Um, because we saw we saw uh, Quark's advertisement in Picard too, I'm uh, kind of disappointed that uh, in Discovery when they get to the 32nd century, we never see like a Quark's establishment. It'll be there. It'll happen. Give it time. Give it time. Well, any uh, anything else uh, stand out to you about this episode, Matt? Here's another. I, every, every every time I watch one of these episodes, I get an idea. Why don't we like start our own like Quark's a Star Trek uh, they, bar? Come on. They did that already at. Uh, the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas. I think it, I think it went under though. 
Yeah, it did, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Set up a bar. I don't know, it'd probably be kind of dorky. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Yeah. All right, so any predictions for next week, Bob? I bet it'll be zany. I bet there will be a lot of stealth Star Trek references that you will miss because uh, you have your refusal to do drugs and watch the animated series. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be great. And uh, I predict next week you'll be uh, saucy about me making you watch a cartoon, which uh, I guess because of all the sentimentalism, you weren't saucy this week about me. Yeah, it was it was kind of heartwarming. This set, th- yeah, I like my cartoons to be heartwarming, and this was what that was. Thanks. As, Thanks I've, as I've said before, Matt, your pa is weak and it disgusts me. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I guess we'll see you next week, then. All right. This has been Babylon 5 versus Deep Space 9 covering Lower Decks. I'm Bob from Cascadia. That's Matt from the Southland. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>